Welcome to the driver's line. I'm Greg. And I'm Jordan. And today, we've got a conversation for you. Today's conversation is going to feature what we believe to be the Mount Rushmore of cars. That's right. We've each come up with our own Mount Rushmore. So you think of Mount Rushmore? It's got four heads on it, representing four of the greatest presidents. Not necessarily the best presidents, but each president has been responsible for some sort of monumental change or shift or improvement to the United States. Exactly. So the vehicles that we pick, we felt represent uh, vehicles that make a big impact on the automotive landscape. Right? That's right. So I'll start things off with my first pick, uh, and that is actually not one that uh, we've talked about often, just in our previous podcast, actually. <laughs> and that is the Tesla Model S. Oh. Uh, yeah. So Also on my Mount Rushmore. Oh, also on your yes, Mount Rushmore. Look was. at that. Yes. Here we go again. <laughs> so, uh, More angry letters coming in. <laughs> um, I mean, I just think that when that vehicle debuted, you know, electric cars were in such infancy. I mean, you had the Nissan Leaf, right, uh, as basically the most popular electric vehicle, uh, pure electric, um, at the time. And, you know, the, the Tesla showed that we could take that technology and make it attractive, make it performance-oriented, give people range. Yeah, it's a little bit more pricey, for sure. But as with all things in technology, right, cost com comes down. Mm -hmm. And that allowed Tesla to begin manufacturing vehicles that were more affordable and could bring more people in the fray. And now you have what's arguably the most successful luxury automaker right, right now yeah. on the market. Absolutely. And you know, Tesla, most importantly, was the first one that made an EV cool. Mm -hmm. It made it desirable. Yep. It made it something that people actually were like, hey, I really want to go out and get that. It yep. wasn't just like, a, oh, I'm going to save the environment type person, which there's still some of those, right? But it actually made it cool and unique. And, you know, it's been just such a great platform for all their latest technology kind of along the way, too. That's been the first that got autopilot. It was the first that got full self-driving. It was the first that got plaid. So, like, every emerging technology Tesla comes up with, aside from the rocket boosters, <laughs> is going to be in the S, which is just really, really cool. And I, I, I think it deserves a spot on there, you know, regardless of what you think about a CEO. Yeah. Um, you know, Tesla really has made EVs something to be you know just desired desired right yeah by a lot of people and i mean it, it's it's really forced the hands of the legacy automakers because you know i'm sure they'd be very happy just selling you a gas guzzling exactly. for decades yeah, right they've got that um, they've got that uh, <laughs> they've got that recipe down path for sure yeah but I, I think it's just really cool to see uh an american manufacturer leapfrogging the competition mm -hmm. by leaps and bounds which yep. tesla certainly has done so yeah, absolutely good yeah. choice Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to go on to my first choice. All righty. This is the vehicle that got the United States on the road. So we are going okay. all the way back. <laughs> the Ford way Model back. T. Yeah. <laughs> Great choice. Yeah. I mean, it, it is the one that was the first vehicle that most people in the United States ever owned. Like going back to the people when they got their first vehicle, when they got rid of that horse and buggy, the Model T was invariably one of the first. I mean, they sold 15 million of them. Incredible. 15 million. And it obviously revolutionized manufacturing, too, which was the other cool thing about the Model T. Um, so not even just to the automotive realm, but also to, like, the manufacturing realm. How long do you think it took to manufacture the first Model T as far as chassis goes? I have no idea. <laughs> 12 hours. Wow. <laughs> do you know how long by the time they were done? How long? 90 minutes. That's incredible. <laughs> Holy cow. But just, I mean, it's, just, it's yeah. just really, really cool. I mean, there's a lot of just interesting facts about the Model T and kind of what it did for um, 
both the United States and for obviously the automotive world. Oh yeah, I mean, it's not the first vehicle, but it's definitely one of the most impactful. I, th yeah. I think you're absolutely right with that choice. Um, I mean, it, it revolutionized the, the, the family life, right, yeah. in the United States. Um, and, part, and globally, eventually. As part of that family life, one of the other things I read when I was looking at this, <laughs> if you worked at Ford, once you could afford one, you had to buy one. <laughs> not authoritarian. Uh, no, not at authoritarian all. at That's all, Ford. But, you know, you know, I think it was just, you know, like product promotion. I mean, Tesla kind of does the same thing right. now, right? Like they encourage a lot of their employees to buy Teslas. Right. And they want them to, right? So, I mean, it's just kind of just promoting the product that you build. I totally understand that. Yeah. But. Well, we're, we're going to stick in the Ford brand for our next choice. All right. Uh, my next pick uh, for Mount Rushmore uh, is the Ford Mustang. Did you pick that one? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling the Mustang guy was going to pick a Mustang, but I had to pick it because it's such a really awesome vehicle that just completely revolutionized that post-war era of, you know what, what's my first car going to be? Is mm -hmm. it going to be this big Land Cruiser? But no, it's going to be a sporty car that's going to take what a basic chassis would be and just completely convince people this is what you want. And it sold Millions. Millions. <laughs> 22,000 on the first day. Right when they announced it at the World's Fair in 1964. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's, it's a piece of culture. I mean, really a piece of culture. And it just goes to show how much people in the United States love the Mustang because it is the only one of its class, even if you consider pony and muscle cars, yeah. that has been built continuously since its inception. Yeah. And the last one standing now. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Last one standing now. Did you know? <laughs> Here he comes with his trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the other names were thought of when they were going to come up with the Mustang. Let's hear them. Panther, <laughs> Torino, oh, and Cougar. Look at that. Yeah. So those were three other names that they really, really wanted to yeah. choose, but they ended up going with Mustang. And, I mean, obviously, looking at the result, good call. Yeah. I mean, the brand is so important that Ford decided if I'm launching an important EV, I'm going to name it after a Mustang <laughs> as well. Because it's uh, such a powerful name. That is it's a very such powerful recognition. Name, yeah. so, it does. It does. Yeah, I mean, definitely belongs on the Mount Rushmore for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. I guess I have to skip to my last one. Someone <laughs> keeps choosing all of mine. <laughs> so, last time I'm Mount Rushmore is probably going to be a huge surprise to everybody who's watched our podcast. The Porsche 911. Ooh, good pick. Like the Mustang, it is just such an important piece of culture, both culture and motorsport. It's been, you know, in film, literature, obviously racing ever since its inception. And it's been done with the engine in the wrong place this entire time. <laughs> Stick to it. <laughs> Don't turn around. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, they have really just invested in this, and they've made one of the most important, desirable and legendary sports cars of all time. I mean, it's just that part of the automotive landscape. You go to Europe, you go to North America, you go to a, any other um, foreign country, everybody knows what the 911 is. Yeah. It's got that classic shape. Absolutely. It's, it, it, I, I love when a company can take an idea and just slowly make improvements on it year after year after year. I mean, like it speaks to the fact that that layout, although initially 
criticized, <laughs> right? Yeah, and 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 rightly so. I mean, it, it was very different from from what you would expect from a, uh, a sports car, and arguably now a supercar. Yes, uh, considering its performance, but they were able to make it work, and they did. for decades, yes, right? decades, I mean, sticking to your guns, which is really an awesome. And uh, it gives you that idea. performance with front and back seats. I yeah. mean, that's just the, the cool mean, thing. Back seats. <laughs> My wife has ridden in the back of a 911 convertible. <laughs> I'm sure she loved that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was the most comfortable, but she did it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's just one of, those, one of those pieces of culture, and I think it's just really, really cool. And the other thing I that agree. I love about I it is every single 911 looks like a 911. Mm. Mm. That's true. You know, I struggled. I really struggled putting, you know, trying to put the Corvette on here as well because I love the Corvette too. But the Corvette doesn't have as clear a lineage. Mm. And the Corvette also... The Porsche also, like the Mustang, has been built continuously. That's true. That um, true. You know, Corvette yeah. took one year off in 1983, <laughs> uh, but, you know, this doesn't have, you know, a Corvette today that looks nothing like yeah. the 53. That is true. But today's 911 looks a little bit like the one in 63. It does. A little bit wider, a little bit longer. I mean, Out uh, with all things. A lot but, fatter, but, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> the, the, same, yeah. the same basic style is yeah, there. That's true. Very recognizable. But also able to offer a lot of diversity in its lineup, That's too, right. which is really cool. Yeah, we've talked on that many times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great pick. Well, <laughs> well I'm going to stick in the sports car category and go with the car that you wanted to put on, apparently, but didn't want to, and that's the Chevy Corvette. <laughs> 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 which, totally understandable. It has definitely changed over its time, as we see now, a mid-engine right. supercar competitor, right? Um, but I think what really makes the Corvette unique and has made an impact on uh, the automotive landscape is its ability to bring that level of performance, that Porsche level of performance, down to a price point where a lot of Americans can afford it. And a lot of folks worldwide, in theory, um, how they sell more overseas. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it just speaks to the volumes, speaks volumes about the capabilities, right, that can come out of American manufacturers mm -hmm. when they really try. I mean... The Corvette has its own team, and you can tell they sweat the details, right? Absolutely. Um, so even though it definitely looks different than when it first started, I think its core idea is still the same in that we're bringing style and performance to folks across the country, right, in a, in a place that they can afford it. So, and, you know, To your point about performance, um, it, I, I recall one of the times I was at a uh, track day up at Virginia International Raceway with uh, for Sellers Region PCA. Mm -hmm. So this is a PCA event, right? And we're in the driver's meeting, and you know, someone brings up something about the Corvette, and you hear all the chuckles in the back, oh, 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 you know, the, the, the elitist course, Porsche owners. Of course. <laughs> and the, guy, the, the chief instructor said, guys, he's like, don't laugh. He's like, ever since the C5, they've been passing us. Wow. <laughs> just, I mean, because yeah. of the Corvette offers that level of performance. Yep. I mean, it has just been an incredible performance bargain for years. I mean, thinking back, there was a, there was a racing series that had the 944 go against the C4. Mm -hmm. C4 won 29 to 0. That's insane. <laughs> so what did they do? They outlawed it. <laughs> hey, can't compete, right? Nope. Change so, the rules. <laughs> again, you know, I mean, the Corvette's a fantastic choice. I struggled very hard sure. trying to decide to put it up there or not. Yeah. But with only four slots, okay, I get something you. I had to give. Well, there you go. I got it for you. Thank you. <laughs> Since you have no cars left. <laughs> So somebody steals all of mine. Barely. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll go into my last pick. All right. I guess. All right. Uh, and uh, this time, we're not going to stick on a track. Oh. Yeah. Um, we're going to go off-road. And this is the Jeep Wrangler. Yep. I think um, the Wrangler really 
uh, embodies uh, American qualities, uh, but also, you know, you think back to how the Wrangler started, right, as a necessity for war. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these uh, soldiers coming back from war loved their Jeeps so much, we made it a household item now. I mean, everybody's got a Wrangler. Yep. Uh, you, you see them everywhere. Uh, they come in many styles now, has a pickup version, <laughs> has an electric version, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um it really it's it's a desired vehicle and it brings a lot of potential off-road performance to folks again at an affordable relatively um uh, price point it's increasingly uh more expensive nowadays but when you compare its capabilities with stuff that is offered from other manufacturers i mean you're looking at cars that are double the cost absolutely right for yeah. its capabilities so i mean the wrangler is is a great choice also i had it on my honorable mention list ah, nice okay um just because of again the cultural impact it had on people in the country and just thinking back to the day of the willies right so i mean it's just it was an instrument of war service members loved it mm-hmm. and so they're like oh let's go ahead and build this we'll build a cj7 and then you know go through all the different versions of the wrangler since then and it's just been just a, a piece of culture it's you know something that is thought of equally as being like a beach vehicle a mountain vehicle right. an overlanding vehicle and it just fits all these niches yeah, so so mm-hmm. well and so the only thing that is bad about the jeep is the angry jeep face yeah, don't do that, guys. Yeah. We, we're not fans. No. But, I mean, what other car can you purchase where you could take the doors off and take and customize it to the way that you can with the Wrangler? I mean, the Bronco can copy that, right? But yeah. it just does not have the the longevity that the Wrangler brand has yet. No, right? exactly, because, so. I mean, Ford decided to stop producing that right. for, what, 30 years? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is unfortunate, because, I mean, it really could have been cool if they yeah, had been making sure. a, a Wrangler competitor all that time, but they chose not to. Yeah. So, I mean, props to Jeep for keeping that brand strong. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Wrangler is definitely an iconic vehicle for the United States uh, and is a representative of, of some of the ideals that we hold as a country, right? So, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for watching. See you next time. Thanks for joining us on The Driver's Line. If you enjoyed this content, please like and subscribe to make sure you don't miss a thing.